Growing up, one of my favorite, uh, most treasured Christmas traditions was looking at the various kinds of Christmas lights. Uh, for me, the, my favorite was probably driving around, you know, looking at the lights that people had put out outside. Maybe part of it was because every year on Christmas Eve when my family would go drive around, when we got back, the Christmas presents were under the tree. You know, it still blows my mind how every single year when we would get to the car, my mom always forgot her purse and had to go back in. It still blows my mind. But that's beside the point. But when you think about it, a lot of uh, Christmas traditions are involved... Uh, lights are involved, right? Here, here are a few examples that come to mind for me. Obviously, the one I mentioned already, driving around and looking at people's Christmas lights. You know, this can be from the simple, like, you know, like we have just the nativity with a spotlight, or you've got, like, the kinds that you have to get out of your car and walk around, right? My heart palpitates a little bit thinking about what that energy bill would be. Um, yeah. But then we've got you know, the beloved tradition of singing Silent Night by Candlelight, like we did earlier. Without fail, every year, I get goosebumps when that happens. Or a lot of places do uh, the tree lighting ceremony. Uh, it's something that we did here at our school just a few weeks ago. Then there's the image of stockings hung by a crackling fireplace while you listen to Christmas music and sip hot cocoa. Uh, another one which is maybe more connected to the season, the winter season rather than Christmas, uh, is seeing the light reflect off of the freshly fallen white and fluffy snow. But there's even one that's more simple than that. Just seeing the Christmas tree light up for the first time. In fact, this is one of my favorite pictures of all time. This is my oldest, Abby, as she looked at the lit Christmas tree for the first time in her life. You get the point, though. It's pretty much impossible to think about Christmas without thinking about the lights. And today, on this joyous Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about light. Now, I, I think part of the reason that the uh, part of the reason that lights are such a big part of the Christmas season is uh, because. Of, let me let me start that over. I think part of the reason that lights are such a big deal for Christmas is because of the season that Christmas comes in. You know, in the wintertime, it gets dark so early. Now, uh, a nightly tradition that my family has is after supper, we will do what I did as a kid on Christmas Eve. We'll drive around and look at lights. My family eats relatively early. We eat like five o'clock on the dot. And after we eat, it is already dark. Does anybody here, uh, by a show of hands, anybody get off of work or drive home when it's already dark or starting to get dark? A few, yeah. Real energizing, right? You know, you've been working all day. You just want to go home and, you know, maybe work out, maybe spend some time with the family or, or just do something. And it's like you're having to keep yourself awake on the drive home because it's so dark. It's crazy to think about how dark it is during winter, uh, how dark it gets early, compared to how late the sun stays out in summer. Is this picture taken at 11 o'clock at night in summer or 5 o'clock during the winter? Who knows? It looks 
just about the same. In the, in the uh, summer, you can do stuff so much later in the day. Like you might begin activities after supper at 5.30, 6 o'clock. But in the winter, you gotta, you gotta have mental fortitude. You gotta prepare yourself to go out into the dark and cold winter. You know, you might have the desire to go and do something, but then you look outside and it's dark. And you look at your watch, ooh, okay, we're up to seven degrees now, yes. Yeah, it's been negative all the last two days. But you look, out, you look at the temperature and it's super cold and you think, eh, I'll wait. I'll do that another time. And that's not even to mention the effects that the darkness has on us mentally, physically, and emotionally. I mean, during this time of year, it's hard to muster energy. You know, energy levels are just so low. There's also seasonal depression, which affects a lot of people. And a big part of that is because it's dark so much of the time. The darkness of winter really has a large impact. In the winter, darkness wins the day. Darkness puts a damper on things. It, it really makes us dislike the dark. It makes us long for the light and all of its effects. Light and dark are opposites. And as a result, they have different impacts on us. The idea of light and dark being opposites is a theme that we see throughout the Bible a lot, especially when talking about Jesus, the light of the world. Uh, and and it, this is kind of an oversimplified way to say it, but one way to say it is it really is good versus evil. I'm going to connect this to something that I'm guessing many, if not most of you, are familiar with. But to do so, I'm going to go a bit nerdy. Do we have any nerds out there? Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that many people would willingly divulge that they're a nerd. I saw the few hands, but I know there are more out there, even if you don't admit it. Now, I consider myself a fairly big nerd, but especially when it comes to Star Wars. I've been a, a fan of Star Wars since I was six years old, right when episode one came out. And while I'm not looking to create any enemies on this Christmas Eve, in my opinion, episodes one through three are the best. You can find me after the service and tell me how wrong you think I am, but I'm sticking to my answer. Now, the reason I bring up Star Wars is because this concept of light and dark is a very big concept, a big theme in Star Wars. You've got the light side of the force and the dark side of the force. Um, the light side of the force are the good guys, the Jedi who uh, want to defend the weak. They want to protect, and they want to uh, keep peace and justice. And they want things to be good for everyone. And then on the other side, you've got the dark side of the force, which are the Sith. They're the evil ones, the bad guys. And they, they will look to oppress people under their harsh rule. And they'll, uh, they only care about themselves, and they'll do whatever they have to in order to achieve their own goals. And these two forces are, are diametrically opposed to one another, similarly to how light and dark are opposed to each other. 
Think about it this way. You cannot have light and dark in the same place at the same time. Darkness is literally the absence of light. And so if you're in a dark room and you flip on a light switch, darkness ceases to exist. Now to transition back from Star Wars to Jesus, these concepts still apply. Now I'm not going to say that Jesus is like the Jedi, although they do dress pretty similar if you kind of look. In our reading from John 1, uh, in the first nine verses, John mentions the word light seven times. And it's really summarized by verse 5 when he says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, the Bible describes the world as being a dark place. And I don't think you need to spend too much time reflecting on that to, to see how that's true. I mean, there are so many things in this world that are just awful. You know, ugly hatred towards people based on differences, whether it be religious, political views, uh, uh, ethnicity, or, or even interests. I mean, there are so many school shootings that I can't even keep them straight, one from another. There are so many stories of, of kids having to grow up not knowing one or both parents or, or having to see abuse in the home. There are parents having to bury their children. There are just so many things in this world it's just like, this, this world is, is so dark. This world is full of darkness because of sin. And sin is the problem, the, the origin of that darkness, the origin of evil. You see, back in the beginning, when God created everything, Adam and Eve disobeyed God when they listened to Satan as they ate the forbidden fruit. And when they ate, sin entered into the picture. And it was like a, bla a, a, a thick blanket of darkness was cast over everything. And as a result of that, people who live in darkness also contribute to darkness. You know, there's, there's plenty of sin without our help, but we also contribute to the sin as well. You see, before they ate the fruit, there was only light. There was only good. There was harmony and, and peace. There was no conflict. There was no mental illness. There was no death. There was literally nothing bad at all. But after sin, things like jealousy and anger and selfishness started to creep into people's hearts. And that's when things like depression, anxiety, stress, cancer, and all forms of diseases started to afflict people. It was a result of sin that broken homes, broken relationships, and hatred came to be. Death is a result of sin. Even things like natural disasters are a result of sin. Sin has had so many ugly, awful effects on this world. It has made this world a very dark place. 
Again, I don't think you need to reflect too long on that to realize. I mean, just turn on the news or go to social media. You'll be reminded of how dark this world is in, uh, how dark this world is within seconds. All the wrong in this world, even the wrong that you and I do, it's all the result of sin. Sin covered everything with a, a thick darkness. And even when we try to do good, even when we try to bring light to the world, the darkness is there to swallow it, to cover it back up. Even our best efforts can't undo that darkness. But amidst the vast and utter darkness in the world, there was a beacon of hope, a beacon of light. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus quotes the prophet Isaiah when he says, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of, dark, uh, the, in the, land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. In a world that was covered with thick darkness, God did something about it. About 2,000 years ago, God sent his son born as a baby in that little town called Bethlehem. And that baby was like a flash of light breaking through the darkness. The darkness of sin, of despair, of death. The baby was Jesus, God in the flesh, the, the Savior for people from their sin. He was the light of the world. In a world that had no hope of that darkness ending, no hope of being freed from our own sin, that had no hope of pain, violence, insecurity, brokenness, hatred, and death ever ending, Jesus, the light of the world, was that hope. Is that hope. Jesus brought light to the dark world. Because that baby will grow up living a perfect life for us. When he was 33 years old, he would die on the cross. But because he was innocent and, and blameless, God accepted his sacrifice on our behalf. And to those who believe in Jesus, that he died and rose to forgive their sins, God gives them the light of eternal life. And that light... That hope, it, it cannot be taken from us. The darkness cannot snuff it out. And that's why, even though this world is, is still pretty dark, even though there's still so much wrong with this world, we cling to the promise, the, the hope that Jesus, the light of the world, has given us. While there's so much broken in this world and seemingly getting worse day by day, we cling to the hope of Jesus. That's the, the future sense. But what about now? Well, how do you walk when it's dark outside? Well, if you don't want to trip and stumble over everything, you need light. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God, Jesus, is a light to our path. 
We rely on God's word, on, on Jesus to guide us through this dark world. On our own, there is no hope in this dark world. Jesus is our only hope. It's kind of like how Obi-Wan Kenobi was Leia's only hope. Now maybe some of you are here and are hearing this and are thinking, well, I've never, I've never opened a Bible once in my life. How is there hope for me? The good news is that when Jesus was born, when the light of the world came to earth, it was for you. He came to be born as a baby to live and to die so that you could spend eternity with him by believing in him. Listen to these words from the end of John's book. John writes, these things, the things that Jesus did, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing him, you may have eternal life by believing in his name. Despite the fact that John wrote that over 2,000 years ago, he's literally talking to you, the person who is hearing or reading this. All these things are written so that you believe that Jesus the true light of the world saves you from your sins. That's my prayer for those of you who don't already know Jesus. That you would believe in him. And to those of you who already do, that you would keep your eyes on the true light to guide you through this dark world. Just as we look to the lights of Christmas during this dark season, look to the light of Jesus the light and hope of Jesus will guide your path. Merry Christmas. Lord God, we thank you for the light that you are to our path. We thank you for the joy that we have because you were born as a baby and because you died and rose for us. Help us to stay focused on your light even during this dark, uh, even amidst this dark world. We ask this in your name. Amen.